I begged God. I said, you've got to say something to me. You've got to tell me what to do. I've been waiting all these years. I know you speak. The Bible says if we ask wisdom, you will give it to us abundantly. I need you to tell me something, and I need you to tell me right now. Welcome to the Healing Your Soul podcast with Katie Souza. This program is designed for those eager for the supernatural to flow in their lives, as well as to have a healthy soul. Would you join Katie as she shares from scripture and experience the critical importance of a well soul? We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show. Because of his victory over the grave, we have dunamis. But every anointing can grow in levels. Even Jesus said grew in favor and stature with men. Jesus grew in his anointings. He had his first level of dunamis when he came out of the desert. said he came out of the desert in the power, the dunamis of the Holy Spirit. Then he got another level, a big, huge level, when he was up on the Mount of Transfiguration. So even Jesus' anointing grew and I think we all start with a seed, and then God begins to grow the anointings. And he does it many times through impartation from other people that are carrying a higher level of anointing. Amen? So let me tell you the fun story about when I first got my very first impartation of these two anointings and how it started this miracle ministry. It began with my mom. In the 1980s, my mom was bit by a lime's tick. And when she was bitten, it released a spirochete bacteria into her body. And that bacteria began to literally eat her bones and her cartilage. Then a few years later, she developed severe rheumatoid arthritis. And that, combined with the spirochete bacteria, caused the, the bone consumption to go into high gear. She started losing bone rapidly. First, she lost both knees. And they went and they put in two artificial knees. Then she lost her left hip. They went in and they put in an artificial hip, and she actually stood up for the first time in many years and began to walk around. But six months later, she collapsed one day, and they took her to the hospital. They opened her back up, and they found that this spirochete bacteria had eaten the plastic parts of the man-made hip. That is something, huh? So they just left the hip out. They said, well, if we put another one in, the same thing might happen. So they just left it out. So she had no hip in her body. Her leg was just held on by the tendons and the flesh and the skin. You could actually take her leg and spin it all the way around. We, we jokingly called her the boneless chicken to try to, you know, bring some levity to the gruesomeness of this situation. Then she lost the, the little bones, the knuckles that held the little bones in your fingers. And so eventually the knuckle got eaten away. And the little bone fell out of the knuckle. And then you could actually take her fingers and spin them around also because there was nothing to anchor down the fingers. Then after about a year or so passed by, she got to the point where she could only lift her arms like this much. They took her to the doctor and they did x-rays and they discovered that her arm bones and her shoulder bones literally looked like Swiss cheese because the disease had eaten the bones so much. Mom was in agony for 25 years. It was excruciating agony. Can you imagine your bones slowly getting consumed every single day, eaten alive by a bacteria that nobody could figure out how to stop? Amen. It was a horrible thing for her. During that time, I was in prison for most of it. 
So I wasn't around until the very end, but I had gotten saved in prison. So I was praying for her. I was, I was reading. I was decreeing. I would fast. I would do prayer circles. I, I did everything I could to try to bring healing to mom's situation. But during that whole time, you know, I was really tuned in to hearing the voice of God. And God was directing me in all kinds of ways. He even gave me my miracle outdate, And it came to pass. And I got out of prison seven years before my time. But I didn't hear anything about mom all those years in prison. Not a word. Not a peep. Nothing solid. Even though I had fasted and prayed and waited for the Lord all that time. It was horrible. When I got out, when I got out of prison, I went to go live with, with my stepfather and my mom, and I got to see firsthand the effects of this disease on her life. I remember many, many, many nights, her being up all night screaming, screaming. It was horrible. And that situation drove me to what is here now today. Because seeing somebody in that much agony I said, there's no way, there's no way this is of God. And I'm going to figure out what to do about it. God, tell me what to do. And so I made it my quest. I made it my passion that I was going to figure out how to fix mom. God was going to tell me and hook me up. And I was going to usher in a miracle into her life. I spent my days and nights Pressing into the presence, worshiping God, worshiping God. Sometimes I would worship him up to eight hours or more a day, just worshiping him, waiting for him to speak, waiting on his presence to come, sitting in his presence, reading the word, looking for clues, asking him to give me insight, showing me how to heal, showing me how to receive revelation. Mom's illness drove me, drove me to find answers. I wanted to know what to do when people were suffering with this kind of thing. Fasting became a way of life for me. I would fast one fast, and then I'd end it, and I'd go right into another a few days later. I was fasting. It was just a permanent lifestyle for me because I was going to do whatever it took to get the answers to fix mom. And for years, even after I got out of prison, nothing happened. No matter what I prayed for her, no matter, no matter what I believed for her, nothing happened. The pain was still there. The agony was still there. There was no shift. There was no healing. There was nothing, no matter what I did. And you know what? Those are the times when you think nothing is happening. This isn't working. But that's a lie because the kingdom of heaven can only increase. Isaiah says, of the increase of his peace and of his government, there is no end. You see, God was answering my prayers. It was just unseen to me at the time. He never lets somebody chase and pursue him that much without coming to their rescue and bringing them the answer they desire. Amen. So I remember I was at work one day. And uh, mom's psychiatrist called and said, your mother wants to take your life. She's done. She wants to kill herself. And I didn't judge mom at all at that moment. The first thought that came into my mind was, of course she does. Anybody who has lived under that much torment for 25 years, who would want to live after that? So I completely understood why she felt like that. And I remember calling my sister, telling her what the psychiatrist had just told me. And my sister and I had this long conversation about this horrible thing that had happened to mom's bones and how she was literally being eaten away until she was literally a shell of a woman. She'd become disfigured because of this disease. 
And we had this long talk. And my sister, she was not a believer. She was angry at God. She was sure it was God's fault this was happening. It's like, well, if this God that you and mom and, and, and Jack believe in, if he's real, then why isn't he doing something? And I didn't even know how to answer that question. Honestly, I didn't. So we had this long conversation, and then I remember hanging up the phone. I was at work, and nobody was there. I was by myself. There was no customers, no other employees, nothing. And I remember I just finally lost it. That was the end. I broke down, and I screamed. I screamed and screamed inside of work. And I, I begged God. I said, you've got to say something to me. You've got to tell me what to do. I've been waiting all these years. I know you speak. The Bible says if we ask wisdom, you will give it to us abundantly. I need you to tell me something, and I need you to tell me right now. And God spoke. He finally spoke to me. And he said, I want you to read Proverbs 3. Start in verse 5. So I began. I went there, and it said this. Lean on, trust, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and your mind. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding, but in all your ways, know and recognize and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your path. So I'm reading that. I'm like, okay, God, all right, okay. This is good. You're going you're gonna to start to make straight and plain the path. I receive it. And then I read the next verse, and I, I'd never remembered that this verse was in this chapter of the Bible. It said this. The next verse said, it shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. I don't know about you, but after dealing with a bone issue for all those years, that was a word to me. That was a word. I had finally gotten a word. God was going to make straight and plain my past, and it was going to be marrow and moistening to the bones. I remember I felt it. I felt the Holy Spirit right there speaking through that word. And I took a hold of that word like a desperate person who was drowning in the ocean, man. And I began to plant that word like a seed. The Bible says that that's what the word is. It's like a seed. And what happens when you plant a seed? You get a harvest. So I took the first and only thing I'd gotten after all those years, and I began to plant it. And I began to plant it. And I began to decree it out of my mouth. And I began to believe it. And I began to speak it out loud. And I would just plant and plant and plant that seed and plant that seed. And God started to give me confirmations that were completely amazing that something, I didn't even know what, was happening. I remember I woke up one morning, and I, was, I woke up to the first thing, planting the seed, decreeing the seed. Opened up my daily reading, and it was all about the word being seed. And I was like, there, wow, look at that. That's a confirmation. That's really cool. How many of you believe those things don't happen by coincidence? Amen. And then I remember reading that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm planting my seed. I got a confirmation. That's really cool. I reached over for the remote. I turned on the TV, and there was a pastor, a southern pastor on the TV, and he was going like this, plant your seed, plant your seed, plant your seed. And I was like, plant your seed, yeah, plant your seed, plant your seed, plant your seed. And I was like, yes, God, yes, another confirmation. And I was all happy, and I took my little clicker, and I was clicking to the next Christian channel. As soon as I clicked to the next Christian channel, there was an older-looking man with glasses on like this, and he was reading. And he looked up at the camera, and he said, the word is a big bag of seed. And I was like, you big bag of seed. And I was excited because I knew those things were not coincidence. I knew that was God. He was spurning me on. He was cheerleading. He was saying, yes, it's working. Continue to plant your seed, plant your seed. Then I remember about, I don't know, 30 days later or so, my sister decided to come and visit. I hadn't seen her for a while. 
And I just said, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick us in a hotel room so we can have some private time because I want to talk to her about this thing that's happening with mom. But I know how angry she is about the whole God thing. So I took her to a hotel, treated her, did some stuff. And then we sat down that night in the hotel room and I said, look, Ken, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, aggravate the God situation with you at all, but I just want to let you know that I really think something's happening with mom for the first time after all these years. And I told her the story. I told her about how we were talking about her bones, me and her on the phone, about mom's bones, and then hanging up and then getting the bone scripture, and then I read it to her. And then I told her about how God's word is a seed and that we're supposed to plant it. And then I was planting the seed and how the guy came on and went, plant your seed, plant your seed, plant your seed. I told her the whole story. And as I'm telling her this story, she's staring at me like this. <laughs> Getting madder and madder. And matter and matter. And I'm like, look, Ken, look, God has sent his word to heal mom. You don't understand. I really believe that God has sent his word to heal mom. And every time I'd say that, she'd go, and her jaw would clench down even tighter. But for some reason, I was like a dog. I kept on going at it. God sent his word to heal mom. Ken, did you hear me? God sent his word to heal mom. Okay, all this stuff was happening, right? And as she, her face became more twisted every time I said, God sent his word to heal mom, I began to think, oh, my God, God. Are you really going to do this? Because if you're not, there's going to be trouble. I'm serious. And I said, in the middle of saying, God sent his word to heal mom, can really? I'm thinking, I need a confirmation right now or I'm a dead man, right? And so I remember, I'm saying this, God sent his word to heal mom, really, Ken, really. I reached over and grabbed the Bible out of the drawer in the hotel, right? And I'm like, silently in my mind going, give me a confirmation while I'm talking to her. Otherwise, I, I think I might lose it. And I like flipped the Bible open. I did a Bible dip. Of course, you've never done that. But I looked down. And as I flipped it open and looked down, the very first verse I saw when I looked down was this. It was Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. I mean, I was grinding that, that verse into her brain. God sent his word to heal mom. God sent his word to heal mom, can For real, God. And she was twisting up. And then I opened it up and I saw that scripture, the very first one I ever laid my eyes on. And I went, I screamed in the hotel room. Ah! Ah! And she's like, what? And I flipped around the Bible and I said, I was just saying that to you. And I was so freaked out. I asked God for a word, and I opened the Bible, and look, look, look. And she read it, and she looked up at me like, that was spooky, like that, right? And about a month after that, I decided to go to a, a Phoenix women's conference. It was a conference on healing, actually. And I walked in, and the place was packed. There's no place to sit, so I sit in the very back. And the speaker who's up, she had just shared her testimony about being miraculously healed of cancer. And now she's giving away these free healing discs. And you know what happens when you give away free discs at a conference. Everybody's like, me, me, give it to me. Right? They're doing that, right? So I'm all the way in the back, and this place is packed, and everybody's screaming for the discs. And I go like this. I pull a God move. I'm like, God, if you're going to do everything you said you're going to do, you're going to have that woman give me her last disc. 
And so she's got the last dish. She picks it up like this, and everybody jumps up, me, give it to me. And I'm in the back, and I stand up, and I look right at that woman, and she's looking around like this, and all of a sudden her eyes went, ping. And she honed right in on me, man. She said, give it to that woman way back there. She's serious. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I remember I went and told mom the story. And then I started to tell her everything that had been happening. She was just amazed. She was so adorable. She would just sit there being amazed at all this stuff. And she goes, do you really think it could happen? I'm like, yes, yes. It can happen. Believe it. And that's when she started telling me about this date that she'd been getting. It was 11-11, 11-11. She'd been seeing these numbers everywhere she went. She would go and take her nap in the morning, and suddenly she'd pop awake, and she'd look up at the clock, and it would be 11-11. She'd go to bed at night, and she'd fall sound asleep, but then suddenly she would just, out of the blue, pop awake for no reason. She'd look up at the clock, and it'd be 11-11. She began to see this 11-11 all over the place, all over the place. Dozens and dozens of times, actually. And she didn't know what it meant. She goes, do you think it's a date? Maybe it's November on the 11th. Maybe that's when the miracle's going to happen. I go, I don't know, but it sounds like God's up to something. As soon as she told me that story, I got the 11-11 anointing. <laughs> it's like everywhere I went, I was seeing 11-11. Mom would call me, and I'd flip open the phone and look. It would be right at 11-11 when she'd call me. I'd be at home not even thinking about anything, and all of a sudden the thought about the 11-11 would come into my mind. I'd think, what's up with that? And then suddenly for no reason, God would just make me look up at the clock. It'd be 11-11. It was like everywhere I went, 11-11s. I remember driving home from work one day, and I'm thinking about food. I was driving home early. I was going to get something to eat. wasn't even thinking about mom or the 11-11 thing, and suddenly just pops into my brain. I go, yeah, I wonder what's up with that 11-11 thing. And I reached down to turn down the stereo so I could think harder. And as I did, I look, the clock turns 11-11 as I touch the dial. And I'm like, there it is. There's that. I was just thinking about it. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. I'm going to pull over and get some gas. I started to pull over. And as I did, I sweep my eyes past to look at the odometer and the gas gauge. And right as I did, my odometer turned 2 one, 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 one. And I'm like, that's two in one minute. Something is up with the 11-11 thing. Do you think? And I began to see that date all over the place, all over that place. Then I remember, it was about a month after that, and mom called me one day, and she's freaking out. She's screaming. She's crying in pain. And that's those moments when you think, have I really heard from God? Have I lost my mind? Am I leading everybody down this false path of, of hope? She's not getting any better. Nothing's changed. It's getting worse. And I remember fear tried to come in and say, oh, you got it wrong. It's all coincidence. You haven't heard from the Lord. This isn't of God. And I remember just like screaming in my own mind for it to shut up and trying not to let mom know that I felt that fear as she was crying in agony. And I remember being on the phone trying to encourage her and saying, mom, mom, you heard all the stories. You heard all the testimonies. I'm, I'm like, now I'm preaching to myself and her too at the same time. You heard the testimonies. You knew what happened. That, that stuff can't be coincidence. Lying devil. And you know that God's going to do something. I said, you get a word for yourself. Ask God right now to give you a word. What do you hear in your mind, mom? What do you hear in your mind? And she was screaming and she was crying. And then she got silent for just a second. And she was, I could hear her sobbing. And then she would be quiet. And then she'd sob. And then she goes, okay, all I hear is... Isaiah 60, and Isaiah 66, and then the phone hung up. 
I remember slamming down the phone and running across the bedroom to get my Bible, and I ripped it open, and I read Isaiah 60, and you know the verse. It's so awesome. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you rise to a new life. Shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I remember thinking, that is for mom. She needs to arise out of the depression and the prostration that circumstances have kept her in for 25 years, and she needs a new life. And I remember receiving that word for her. And I remember reading the rest of the chapter, and it was about the rebuilding of Jerusalem, which was a complete miracle because the Babylonians had come and completely destroyed the city. And then it had laid in ruin, burnt out and in ruin for 70 years while they were in captivity. But when they came back from captivity, it was miraculously restored. And I'm like, mom is going to be just like Jerusalem. She's laid in ruin for all these years. But she's going to be miraculously restored. And I remember I read the rest of the chapter and then I went on to Isaiah 66. And I remember... When I got to verse 14, I did not know this scripture was there. And this is what it said. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her. All you who love her, rejoice with, for joy with her. When you see this, your heart will rejoice. And your bones shall flourish like green and tender grass. It was the second bone scripture. And God gave it to mom in the middle of her agony. Come on, church, you can give a better praise than that. You know, you may be working on something major right now in the spirit. Maybe God's given you a promise or an assignment, and you're going for it and believing for the impossible. One of the most important things you can do to ensure your success is to hear the voice of God. He's going to direct and make straight and plain your paths, just like he did for me. If you sit in his presence, open to receiving his direction, he will speak to you and he will guide you successfully to your destination. Along the way, you'll know you're on the right path because he's going to give you confirmations, just like he did for me. Perhaps you'll get the same scripture over and over, or you'll get confirmations in all kinds of other ways. This will increase your faith and enable you to go forth and take possession of your promise. Let me pray for you. Father, I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit right now to bring revelation to those who are searching for answers. Lord, your people are desperate for your intervention. They're in pain and agony and they are suffering and they need you to speak to them now. Your word says that if we ask for wisdom, you will give it to us abundantly. And when we knock, the door will be opened. And when we seek, we will find. So we're standing on the promise of your word that you will give every single person listening right now detailed strategy on how to solve their problem. I decree wisdom, understanding, revelation, dreams and visions to come upon your people immediately because of your goodness, Lord, and your love for them. I decree all of this and more in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at katiesouza.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. God bless.